Welcome, this is Anthony Haynes, I'm Creative Director of Frontinus Limited. Welcome to the Greylit Cafe podcast brought to you by Frontinus Limited. Frontinus is a communications consultancy focused on engineering, infrastructure, sustainability and research. And this episode is dealing with grant proposals. It's actually the second episode we've published on grant proposals. We recently, um, in our uh, season three, published an episode called Developing Proposals, Insights from Behind the Scenes. And that was very much based on our own experience of helping writers to develop grant proposals. Today, I'd like to take a very different tack which is to provide advice or guidance based on a book essentially the episode reviews the book the title of this episode is how to write a research proposal and succeed and in fact that isn't that wording is not mine I've actually pinched it from the subtitle of the book that I wish to review the main title of the book is called is the grant writer's handbook it's written by Gerard M Crawley and and Owen O'Sullivan, and published by Imperial College Press. And it's a book that I recommend most often to uh, authors, researchers who are working on grant proposals. I think it's a fantastic little resource, and I think it needs to be much better known than it is. It deserves to be much better known. So let me start by first saying what the book actually does, what the resource does. And I'm going to quote, actually, from... The writers themselves, when they outline the purpose of the book, this is what they say. This book is designed as a guide to writing grant proposals aimed at researchers with varying levels of research grant experience. Although primarily aimed at early career researchers applying for their first grant, this book will also be useful for postdoctoral researchers helping their supervisors prepare proposals, as well as researchers in countries with emerging research funding systems that do not have a long history of competitive peer review. I think that's, uh, uh, that description is exactly right. Now, in terms of just outlining the general strengths of the book, rather than give you my own view, I'm going to actually quote from the foreword, which was written by William C. Harris from the Science Foundation Ireland. And he says this, the authors succeed in providing an excellent how-to guide for researchers preparing proposals for competitive peer review. They draw on their own experiences of reviewing and organising reviews in a number of different countries, both those with a tradition of competitive peer review, as well as some that are just beginning the process. In addition, they have made use of their colleagues in many countries to provide their insights and advice. The book is filled filled with excellent examples, both positive and negative, plus numerous quotes from reviewers that illustrate many of the points that the authors make. And I quote that verbatim, I think that's exactly right. And you'll notice the emphasis there on international applicability. So I'd like to just say a word there. Um, the, The author's a lot of their own experience, I gather, is from the Republic of Ireland. But I can't really find any places in the book where I think the advice that they're giving is specific to Ireland. I think I, I've always found the the guidance and advice they give is applicable much more much more generally. So let me just characterise the book a little bit. I like the way that it presents ideas and information in a variety of ways, a variety of treatments. In particular, there's expository prose, which I think makes up the bulk of the 
the text. But there are also lots of little examples, and I think that's really useful for helping to convey, you know, what exactly are they getting at? What exactly do they mean? And then there are numerous tips, practical bits of advice, both do's and don'ts. And I think the don'ts in particular are informed by their experience of having sat on the other side of the fence as people who review and assess grant proposals. I won't summarise all of the contents of the book. What I'll do instead is just pick out uh, three aspects of the content that I found particularly helpful, particularly impressive, and, and to a significant extent, not so readily available elsewhere. The first one concerns the uh, review process. So the reviews are dealt with in two places in the book. One part is about how to respond to peer reviews if your proposal gets as far as being reviewed. And the example, the part of the book that I'm particularly thinking of is actually chapter three, which is really valuable. It outlines the review process from beginning to end. And I think this is where the fact that the authors are experienced themselves as reviewers and assessors means that they've got insights that the people writing grants, their target audience often don't have, and it makes really good sense to get an inside view from them. So um, I think if if you are part of the target audience for this book, even if you don't want to read the entire book, I'd really recommend you read Chapter 3, The Review Process. I love chapter five. Chapter five is about redrafting the proposal. And this is an area which is close to my own heart because I work as a development editor and it's often in that role that I contribute and help help people to write proposals. And I think the idea of uh, redrafting proposals is often ignored by the resources that give guidance. There's a lot of stuff about how to write proposals, but um, people often take that to mean just write a draft. But actually, how do you go about redrafting it? That's something that's really worth examining. And what I like about that is the authors give a practical checklist of how what to look at when you redraft. This is in chapter 5, section 5.1 in that chapter is headed, the author should be the first reviewer. And that's an idea that I put forward in our previous episode on grant proposals. It might sound rather obvious to say that authors should try and put themselves in the shoes of the of a peer reviewer and see the proposals through a peer reviewer's eyes and have a go at knocking out a, a, a review themselves before it gets to the real peer reviewers. That might seem a rather obvious idea, but it doesn't doesn't always happen. And I like the way that the authors here stress that and actually, as I say, provide a checklist to help it happen. And then the third aspect of the book that I'd like to really highlight is uh, their sixth chapter, which they call Partnerships. I think in some of the contexts I work in, collaboration might be the more obvious word, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with partnerships. And I find that um, with their target audience, let's say postdoctoral researchers, early career researchers, often the way that researchers present proposals for collaboration in their grant proposals is often actually a bit weak and a, a, a bit thin and unconvincing and I think this is a gem of a chapter that provides some good advice here so for instance in section 6.2 they identify the challenges of partnerships and they say you need to give confidence you need to give the reviewers confidence that you've and I quote anticipated the challenges 
associated with collaboration, including multidisciplinary international and industrial partnerships, and put in place engagement, governance and management plans to deal with these challenges. So that's spot on. If you don't mention the challenges, you're apt to look naive if you're just kind of assuming collaborations will go swimmingly. And I like that word governance, which is often something not commented on in proposals. And then later on, uh, when they're actually dealing with management and specifically governance uh, in the in the same chapter, they make a strong point about how you need to involve your partners in writing a proposal. Now, I, I've definitely seen problems arise from that. If you kind of get agreement in principle with collaborators or partners, and then you write the proposal without involving them in it, uh, if you get the grant, you might find that you've kind of committed to stuff that they're not entirely happy with, and then you've then you've got a real problem with what to do about it. So, I really like that. And then there's an idea which I don't hear very often, and this this is my own idea uh, as well. I have to say, when I put forward this idea to researchers, they often kind of look a bit blankly at me and it often doesn't really register with them and almost get a feeling of am, am I living on the same planet here so, so I'm, I'm actually rather comforted to find that Crawley and O'Sullivan have the same idea they talk about establishing a management committee and uh, establishing procedures for decision making in collaboration and the way that that gives confidence to the peer reviewers that things are going to work out properly so I, I i think that's another gem of a chapter and if you are developing a proposal that involves partnerships or collaborations why would you not want to read that chapter it's really it's really insightful I don't think the book's absolutely perfect i think um there isn't a great deal about dissemination either the how to write a dissemination plan or how to include dissemination costs in your budget they do they do talk briefly about including publication costs but actually i think the costs of dissemination go rather beyond just publication um the book was published in 2016 i would say it's remarkably up to date for that obviously a few things uh, some have changed and dated the research funding context is forever evolving but actually i was rather struck by how much of the content just remains current and pertinent i mean for example if the book had been written a little bit earlier they might not have said very much about how to deal with the impact of research the impact on uh society industry government policy makers and so on but actually there is a there's a very good chapter on that so i think the book has um has not uh, the content of the book has not perished a great deal but i think perhaps dissemination the reason why it's a bit light on dissemination might be partly to do with that because i think there has been a lot of development in policy making and research context research policy context to encourage people to think more carefully about the journals and not just rely on impact factors but also to think about how do they go beyond journals given that if you want to make an impact on people outside the research community well a lot of those people don't necessarily read journals so you have to find other ways uh, to reach them so i think the book's a little bit light on on that but that doesn't stop me recommending the book as i say when i work with people writing proposals and they say can you recommend a resource 
This is actually always the first one I recommend. I just want to finish as a kind of coda for this episode. I just want to say about a word about the fact that it is a book and that I'm recommending a resource in book form. I find that researchers amazingly uh, often overlook the value of books as a source of expertise and guidance on grey literature. Often, I think, a little unthinkingly rely uh, purely on online um, resources or actually go to uh, expensive forms of guidance such as you know attending a whole day workshop and so on uh, nothing against these by the way and I, I i know that owen sullivan runs workshops himself and i've heard very good reports of them but um i say these are expensive because you might have to pay uh, a fee for training and training can be very expensive but even if you don't it's expensive in terms of the you know the the, the time and the, and, and the commitment and what strikes me about good books on grey literature is they're amazingly cost effective i mean this book i just looked up the current retail price for the kindle edition and the paper edition and they're both round about the 20 pound mark and you can get used copies more cheaply and it seems to me i don't know how long the book is in terms of words i guess it's you know maybe 50,000 or so words it seems to me long enough to actually contain plenty of substance but definitely not so long that it would take an age to read i mean it's it's kind of spacious text and it's very readable and it slips past as you're you're reading it now one of the tests i like to do with resources is what i call the latte test so take an example of a book supposing you decided that while you were reading the book you would sit in you know starbucks or wherever and 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 treat yourself to a latte very often what you find is that the costs of the lattes while you were reading the book would far exceed the cost of the book and yet people have a bit of a perception that books are somehow expensive. The main reason I'm recommending this book is not that it's outstanding value. I'm recommending it because I just think it's extremely helpful. It's quality advice. But I do think it's outstanding value. So there you are. That's my take on uh, the Grant Writer's Handbook by Crawley and O'Sullivan. And I hope you find this review and indeed the resource itself helpful. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Grey Lit Cafe is edited by Dr. Bart Hallmark and produced by Frontinus Limited. Frontinus specialises in grey literature forms such as proposals, publications, papers and reports. The music is from Handel's Water Music, courtesy of the United States Marine Band and Marine Chamber Orchestra. Thank you.